This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. You're listening to the Free Breakfast on Free FM 89.0. Um, and I'm about to give you a fact that might not, might not actually be a fact. I have a feeling they are coming to Aotearoa in December for a live performance, but that could actually have been this time last year, and I'm getting my years mixed up. I have no excuse for that. So if you do like the sound of Krungpin, make sure you do Google just to see if they are coming to Aotearoa, and I'll try find out myself uh, to let you know a little bit later on in the show. But now... When we are bombarded with constant bad news, things can feel pretty overwhelming, especially when many of the issues the world faces today are complex, multifaceted and global. So how do we find hope in a seemingly impossible situation? Well, according to our next guest, Anya Gladstone-Gallagher, you could start by digging into our imagination. Anya, thank you for joining us to talk about imagining better futures through storytelling, a workshop you're facilitating uh, in a couple of weeks. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Right. It's uh, good to be here. Maybe we'll just start a little uh, with you telling us a little bit about your background. Um, yeah, so, um, I mean, I got a first-class honours in fine arts, so I actually originally started um, as a visual artist, but... I've always loved to tell stories and always been creative. Um, then I went on to do my master's in screenwriting um, and sort of transitioned over to the film world, but I also like to write um, prose fiction, um, so, you know, stories and books and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of <laughs> a little bit multimedia. I love sculpture and stuff, but I also, yeah, really like telling stories um, and have been developing that skill over the last few years and really enjoy teaching it. So you've obviously have, uh, I mean, I know qualifications doesn't sound right, but I guess that theoretical uh, background in it. So how are you continuing to, um, I guess, develop your craft in writing? And what are the ways that you uh, seek out further learning? Um. Yeah, well, I mean, at the moment, um, I'm writing my first novel. Um, I've written a few short stories, but my main focus, I mean, I always love um, screenwriting. That's something that I enjoy the most. So um, at the moment, I'm developing a short film, and I'm also developing um, a couple of feature scripts, and I'm hoping to adapt the novel into a um, series at some point. Um <clears throat> Uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously writing novels is a bit easier in terms of getting things out there. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, I've been teaching. I like to write poetry and perform poetry sometimes and um, all that kind of stuff. So, it's yeah, it's sort of a, a, a bit of a melting pot at the moment. Um, I'm always really interested in um, the process for writers and it's probably because it's on my bucket list one day to publish a book. I don't even know what the book is going to be about. I've oh, just always awesome. known I really want to. <laughs> I want to be an author. I want to claim that as something that I have done. It's really weird, but something that I've always had. Um, and I'm always interested in the process for people and that creative process. So you mentioned there that you've got a couple of projects on the go for you. So how, how does that work? How do you separate the different works that you're working on? I mean, is that um, because uh, for any practical reasons or you just get bored of something and move on to something else for a while? 
<laughs> well, uh, writers call that the shiny new idea syndrome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try to manage that as best I can. I think every writer has that where they start something, they get bored of it and they have a shiny new idea. But obviously, if you really want to get to the finish line with the project, it's really important to um, stick, <laughs> stick to one because um, there's so many drafts that you will end up writing of something, particularly in screenwriting. Um, you rewrite it a lot more than you would a novel, but I think novels do get rewritten quite a bit. Um, it's just you've got less time in a screenplay. Um, so how do I choose? So at the moment I'm focusing on a couple of projects and that will often be based around um, what I focus on might be based around funding um, opportunities at the time. So when it comes to screenwriting, um, we've got a really good situation in New Zealand. We've got the New Zealand Film Commission and organisations like Script to Screen. So there's a lot of government-funded um, stuff for emerging filmmakers um, and writers. So sometimes I will base what I'm working on based on what funding applications might be there. <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of people use them just as a way, a framework um, per se to get their stuff done because it's easier to have a deadline. <laughs> I was about to say that sometimes it's the deadline that's going to get you over the line uh, because yeah. if you have an unlimited timeline for when a work needs to be done, that's how long it's going to take you to do yeah, it as soon yeah, as you've got a deadline. Yeah, it gets very difficult. I think when you're a writer, you do need to get um, used to rejection and sometimes like a lot of people in that kind of emerging pool say, oh, they use it to have a deadline and then it's great if you get through um, and it gives you all these parameters because you have to offer a lot of other you don't just offer the script you offer lots of other explanations so it helps you dive into the story um, I think a famous author maybe it was Stephen oh, I can't remember who it was but he said you know he aims for a hundred rejections a year and you know, um, pro, yeah, yeah, because then if you if you do it, you end up getting um, accepted. <laughs> the more you kind of put yourself out there, um, but um, no, no, it's 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 a really good way. So that's one way um, to, uh, that I choose. Um, I try to kind of narrow it down because I'm one of those people that has about a billion ideas. Mm. Um, and, you know, it might be a competition, so there might be a short story competition or it might be that I want to go um, read some poetry uh, at an open mic night or in Hamilton we've got um, a little thing called Queer Writers Read Things, which I've read at a few times, so it might be based on that. Um, there's also another... Um, it's a not-for-profit international organisation called NaNoWriMo, which um, stands for National Novel Writing Month, It's actually, which is November, which is now. Um, and that's where a lot of novelists um, come together and they may be amateur writers or from amateur to the most experienced and they will generally plan their novel in October uh, and then the goal is they generally write 50,000 words in November. Um, so that's also another really good framework um, and I found that really helpful personally because sometimes if you're writing something for a competition or a funding round, it, it can make your creativity, it can be quite hard because you're feeling quite stressed about mm. someone seeing it. Um, whereas NaNoWriMo, the whole um, 
ethos of it is that you're just supposed to be vomiting and that kind of free from <laughs> creativity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe you could try it sometime. <laughs> um, so, and I had to quickly check that on the calculator. So we're looking at 1,500 words a day. But, of course, you know it would be a lot more than that because you have to draft, redraft. Yeah, and, and I mean... You can set your own goal as well. It doesn't have to be 50,000. You know, if you wanted to do 20,000, I cheated. I mean, I did it last year and I did 20,000 in October and then 30,000 in November. Um, so, I mean, it's, yeah, it's really open, but they're a great organisation and they have heaps of resources for anyone wanting to get into that. So what was that again? Nano? NaNoWriMo. Um, NaNoWriMo. Like yeah. That. Yeah, it's sort of the first bit of each word. So National Novel Writing Month. Oh, that makes it easier, easier to remember. <laughs> um, so we're, we're talking about imagining better futures through storytelling. So I'm interested in um, what sort of books and um, like for this workshop, what books sort of inspire your thinking around how we can use storytelling. Uh, to, you know, imagine better futures or to, you know, express our, or make challenges to people through writing. And I guess yeah. I've got the climate in mind, but it could, could really be anything. Yeah, well, I mean, I obviously um, a lot of um, speculative fiction, I, it's, a lot of people don't necessarily know what speculative fiction means, but it's often... Um, it's kind of a broad, it's, it's a bit hard to define, but it, it will be those genre works, so fantasy, science fiction, or, you know, uh, things that talk about society, or it might be alternative history, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, speculative fiction in regards to Margaret Atwood, for example, um, she writes about society a lot through, like, her Mad Adam series or Handmaid's Tale. A lot of those are really dystopic, um, and which is which is really good and really important. But it's good to find things that actually help us imagine how things could be. Yeah. Um, and so my immediate thought is to go to that speculative, futuristic realm. But actually, one book that really, really hits me is um, a book that was written a long time ago, which was Black Beauty um, about the horse. <laughs> I don't know if anyone would have read it or seen it. Um, when they were younger or perhaps in recent times. But um, that book's a really good example of um, how fiction can kind of create social change because the author um, actually had trouble walking and she spent a lot of her life um, around horses and she developed a really deep love for horses. And at the time, um, it was very common for horses to be carriage horses. You know, we didn't have, they didn't have cars or anything. Um, And they had these kind of horrible things, I forgot what they're called, but um, they basically kept the horse's neck back um, while they were walking just to make them look pretty, but it was was really agonising for the horse because they couldn't put the muscle into their forward motion while they're pulling this weight. You can imagine having your neck pulled back Mm. while you're trying to pull weight forward. Um, And when she released that book, um, across the UK and the US... um, it created widespread awareness about um, the ill treatment of horses that a lot of anti-cruelty legislation was brought in and they actually abolished that um, thing that pulled their neck back. Um, And people would hand the book out to cart drivers, like horse carriage drivers and stuff. Um, So it was a really interesting example of how a book can be used for social good. Another book that I think of... um, is a book called The Ragged Trousers Philanthropist. Sorry, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, and 
uh, that book was used a lot in the um, socialist sort of labour movement that was read a lot um, throughout that time. And, um, you know, there's other things. It's really interesting because if you sort of see films like um, Back to the Future, a lot of stuff from that has kind of come to fruition, mm. like the big widescreen TVs and the sort of video chat. So, so it's something I remember off the top of my head. And um, I think I read a while ago people were really have been trying to make hoverboards for a long time. Um, and I think the more that we write um, stories that give us ideas of how things could be, people do take things from fiction quite a lot. It's, it puts things into the zeitgeist. It sparks imagination. Um, and if we can do that to things that are maybe a little bit um, more, uh, would do more good for the world than hoverboards, <laughs> it would be great. I don't know. That might be our way to reduce emissions. <laughs> we, we don't know <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe. It, it might be how that happens. Um, yeah. And really, just on that, you mentioned um, uh, fantasy and science fiction. Genres, I haven't read, I don't think I've read any books that are fantasy or science fiction, but I see them referred to a lot. And when I go to Hamilton mm. Book Month events, often the writers there are doing those genres. So maybe maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I should actually um, give reading those genres a go. Uh, there must be something in it if so many people are, are enjoying writing, writing yeah, and reading. Yeah, they're an incredibly, they're very popular um, especially in the online realm. Um, I personally love them. I mean, when I want to read a book, I really want to go into another world. Um, but, I mean, realistic um, stories are really important too, you know. Um, I've got someone I know is studying realistic climate fiction at the moment, um, and she said there's, there's, there's not actually enough of it mm. um, that's sort of in the here and now or in the near future that tackles things that we're really dealing with now and really putting in what can realistically be dealt with. So I think everything has its place um, and everything's really important. Well, hopefully some of the writing that comes from the workshop spark somebody's imagination and we can create something really awesome but yeah. how is this workshop best suited for do you need to have some level of uh writing experience or an idea brewing in the back of your mind before you come no um i would say it's suited for all levels i mean obviously um things are always at I would say I would design it for beginners, but at the same time, I think it's definitely something that can work for all levels. So especially writers that are wanting to come along and kind of explore this realm. And I wouldn't say you have to have an idea in your head. I mean, if you have one, that's awesome and bring it along. But um, there will be writing activities to help people spark those ideas and sort of develop stories or thinking around the things that they're interested in. So I, I really think because it's... Um, a very specific sort of topic. It's one of those things that can be suited for any level. Um, <clears throat> so it wouldn't be like, oh, the basics of creative writing, X, Y, and Z. It's sort of geared around something really specific. Mm. Awesome. It sounds yeah. awesome, and I'm looking forward to doing it. I don't have an idea yet, but I'm sure between now and then something will come to me um, that I want to explore a little bit more uh, personally around climate. Um, oh, but, of awesome. course, it could be suited to uh, lots of different uh, stories or imaginings of our future. Um, so for details of this workshop, to find out more, where, where would you like people to go and to register, of course? 
Um, so I think the best place to register would be going to the, um, because it's in partnership with GoEco and um, Fraser ACE, the adult um, night kind of education. So if you go to their website, um, they've got a lot of kind of um, night classes and weekend courses. And if you go into the weekend courses, you'll find it. Um, and you can just register through there. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think that would be the best place to go to kind of register, and then the whole description is right there. Mm. Um, awesome. Yeah, so if you just type that into Google. <laughs> um, or tinyurl.com forward slash Imagining Better Futures Workshop. I'll share the link online. Okay, awesome. Great. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us this morning and talking a little bit about your writing and I guess the... Um, uh, opportunities isn't the right word, but I guess what we can learn from fiction um, and yeah. how it can help us, you know, a, a cliche, but imagine um, the world that we're heading into as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you for joining us this morning. So the workshop no is called Imagining Better Futures Through Storytelling. It's at Go Eco on Saturday, the 26th of November, and it's a day-long workshop. And, of course, it's suited for everyone, regardless of your prior writing experiences, just to come in and really give it a go, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thank you come so along. much for joining us, Anya. Awesome. Thank you. It's been great. That's Anya Gladstone-Gallagher talking us, uh, to us about a workshop uh, that she will be hosting or facilitating uh, in a couple of weeks. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.